Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, the podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead it. I'm Ryan Reed. And I am John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. <laughs> John, you're not going to throw me today. You're not going to shake me. I'm locked in. <laughs> I hear you. Well, uh, it's good to be back on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a fun topic today. Not really. Um, but before we get to all that fun, good stuff, yeah, uh, there's just a few things I wanted to say. All right. One, we have stickers left. Yeah. So if you want a sticker, <laughs> only a few, you've got to mention them, right? So we're running out fast. Uh, they're hot and in demand. Oh, yeah. So you better go ahead and, and tweet at us, Facebook us, text us, let us know who you are, where you're listening from, and if you want a sticker. I thought everybody wanted a sticker. I thought they did too. I thought they, we'll see. But apparently not. We'll Stickers see. are not the thing. Yeah, coffee and the other mugs thing, next. Coffee mugs next. Well, here's the thing you're not getting a coffee mug if you don't ask for a sticker. <laughs> We'll write names down. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Um, uh, but I have something I want to share with John today. Oh, uh, yeah. John, uh, Thursday, so this podcast will come out tomorrow, Tuesday. Thursday is National Day of Prayer. Is it is. Right? It is. Have you ever been asked to pray at a National Day of Prayer? I have. I have two to go to this Thursday. So this Thursday you're praying as well? Uh, two uh, of them. Okay, okay. So uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've done it before as well. This Thursday I'm not able to. Uh, I'll be teaching class. But I just thought maybe maybe if you're like me, it's tough to figure out how to pray, what to say. Maybe they give you a topic. They do give you a topic. Sometimes. Well, yeah. um, I just want to encourage you with this prayer that me? I found. Yes. Okay. Uh, and maybe, maybe you can take it word for word. I'm sure nobody <laughs> will know. So I'm just going to play this prayer for us today. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise as our colors are presented by the United States Army. This is NASCAR. This is NASCAR. Battalion. We ask you to remain standing for our invocation delivered tonight by Joe Nels, pastor of Family Baptist Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for all your blessings. You said in all things give thanks. So we want to thank you tonight for these mighty machines that you brought before us. Thank you for the Dodges and the Toyotas. Thank you for the Fords. And most of all, we thank you for Roush and Yates partnering to give us the power that we see before us tonight. Thank you for GM Performance Technology and the R07 engines. Thank you for Sunoco Racing Fuel and Goodyear Tires that bring performance and power to the track. Lord, I want to thank you for my smoking hot wife. Oh, no, he didn't. My two children, Eli and Emma, or as we like to call them, the Little E's. Lord, I pray you bless the drivers and use them tonight. May they put on a performance worthy of this great track. Come on, In now. Jesus' name, boogity, boogity, boogity. <laughs> Amen. That's Amen. terrible. Woo. That is terrible. Woo, What's man. so terrible about that is I got all of the references. Yeah, you got them. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Well, As we you. call them, little E's. If that doesn't <laughs> pump you up, I don't know what will. So, uh, oh, John, I hope me. if you would uh, do that Thursday, and we'll play it next Tuesday on the podcast. So. Okay, all right. In the name of Jesus. Did he say in the name of Jesus? He said, boogity, 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 amen. <laughs> so uh, you tell me. I'm going to say, when you have the opportunity to pray, you need to put some Jesus up in it somewhere. That's right. You need to, you need to be uh, memorable. Have you ever been asked to pray over weird things, though? Um, like like I, I had to pray over a water treatment plant one time. Really? How did you? How did you? I don't that? know. I don't remember what I prayed. But Lord, I pray that you'd be with the men <laughs> as they purify this water. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I get boogie the opportunity boogie boogie to boogie pray uh, 
to pray for the opening of court often. Have you done that I have yet not. here? Uh-uh. The judge uh, was, a, was a church member of ours, and so uh, both of them, the one previously and the new one, and so it was. Uh, it's always kind of been the thing that I've gotten to do. Mm-hmm. And you wrote me, like, do you pray for justice? Do you pray for mercy? <laughs> I mean, like in the courtroom, what exactly are we supposed to be praying for Eesh, here? That's you a, know, that's a good question. So, uh, but every time I have the opportunity to pray, maybe this is not right, but I try to interweave proclaiming the gospel in the midst of it. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. like I think that's wise. Yeah. So, uh-huh. using that political platform for the purpose of the gospel is what I think we ought to use it for. <laughs> not thanking the Lord for your smoking hot wife. I don't know. I feel like that's terrible. I don't know. I feel like his prayer. I remembered it. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you. What. I hope the pastor at Friendship Baptist Church in Lebanon, Tennessee, doesn't listen to this podcast. I'm sure he does. And I <laughs> yeah. tell you what, we ought to do. We ought to have our our listeners vote to see whether or not that was an appropriate prayer or not and okay. we can uh we can have a, a vote um i don't right. know maybe we can form a some parties that will the pro nascar <laughs> prayer party and the anti nascar yeah. prayer oh, party oh gosh yeah um, oh speaking of political parties yeah there you go today we're gonna be talking about politics well, which is not my favorite subject smooth transition i'm not a big fan of talking about politics yeah uh you know i'd, I'd say that uh, there there are a lot of pastors that aren't huge fans of talking politics. Maybe yeah. there I'm sure there's a lot of people that aren't huge fan of talking about politics. Yeah. But we live in a politically charged culture. Yeah, for sure. So whether we like it or not, we got to talk about politics. And I think maybe it's it's that way maybe not, but more so where we live because there is still such a clear divide mm-hmm. between the political parties. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's fascinating for people in our pews to think that there might be Democrats that are worshiping somewhere. The same God The same do. God that yeah. they do. You know, I, I, and I think that's because in the South, may, maybe that's not the case, but in the South there is such a, in our minds, there's such a clear divide between Republicans and Christianity yeah, mm-hmm. and Democrats and not Christianity. That's right. That's you know? right. And I think that's an error. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not saying that they're right, but I think right. in our in the in the main pew, I think people are considering that Republican equates faithful. Right, right. Yeah, and, and so because of that, we we uh, a lot of the people in our pews will justify uh, whatever the Republican Party does that's because right. that's the that's the biblical party. That's right. That's the party uh, we should stand with as that's believers. Right. Uh, and so you know you've heard the joke that guy's so uh, Democratic, that guy's so Republican that if Satan ran on the ticket, they'd vote for him. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a good joke about ten years ago. Uh, but the problem is, it's turning out. What are you trying to say? It's turning Ryan? out. Just go ahead be, and say what you're trying to say, out Ryan. To be true for both parties. It doesn't matter who we nominate. We're going to vote for him because we're we're we, we're just so. Uh, Trench. Yeah, I'm not touching that one. Uh, yeah, so we gotta we gotta talk about how how in the world is do we as pastors approach yeah. this issue, specifically when it concerns the pulpit? Yeah, and I think I think that's a good a good thing to talk yeah. about. Um, but I think it goes back to conversations that we've already had on this podcast before about how you plan and approach your pulpit. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it, you know if you're if you're using your pulpit week to week to talk about the favorite news story that's mm-hmm. appeared this week, yeah. uh, then you're probably going to lean more towards having the opportunity to to preach politics. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you're systematically working through a book of the Bible mm-hmm. or systematically working through, uh, uh, you know, the, the seven 
sayings on the cross or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're systematically working through that, you don't really have the opportunity to stop and say, hey, by the way, here's the Republican agenda we need to be standing for. Right, Does that right. make sense? Yeah, I think yeah. the way you approach your pulpit kind of determines whether or not it becomes, a, a, you know, a, a – a bully bullpen, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, for for people to declare what your what the Republicans are yeah, standing so for. So, I guess the first for. question we need to address is: Should pastors address political things from the pulpit? I think pastors should address biblical ethics, okay, from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, biblical ethics ethics run contrary to some of the political thought mm-hmm. in America. Yeah. So, I, I do think that when it come when it when you come to the sanctity of life, we ought to declare the biblical ethic concerning the sanctity of life. Um, so yes, but I but I don't think that we ought to. I don't think that we ought to. I don't know. I don't. I don't think we ought to stand up and call them democrats and you know what I'm saying. I, right, mean, I think yeah. I think that you ought to address the issues as they're presented inside right. of Scripture. Yeah, uh-huh. and I, I think I think you're right. But if you preach systematically through Scripture, it's amazing. Uh, to be able to see how scripture, how relevant scripture is yes. to the political issues of the day. Yeah. Uh, the question is, how specific should we get in 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 making political statements, criticizing uh, leadership of either yeah. party yeah. Uh, in these issues? Uh, should it come from the pulpit? Should it come from maybe Facebook? Should it come from <laughs> private conversations? Yeah. How do we deal with this issue? Yeah. Uh, and I would say it would be helpful to, to frame this within Scripture and using yeah. our dead man talking to talk about these yeah, things. Yeah, sure. Uh, some would say that uh, politics is not an area that preachers should deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is, is that God is in authority over all things, yeah. including human politics. And, and you're a citizen of the United States. That's right. If you, know, if you live in the United States, you're a citizen of the mm-hmm. United States. And so just because you're a pastor doesn't remove that citizenship. Right. You mm-hmm. still have a right to speak into the system mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. That's right. And it, sometimes it can be hard to remove your right to speak into the system from your ministry in the pulpit. That's right. Uh, so let's just go ahead and begin with our dead man talking here. Uh, and I chose one from a a man who believed that Christians um, ought to be political. Yeah. So much so that he was the prime minister of the Never Neverland. Never Neverland. This is, of course, Abraham Kuyper, one of my favorite theologians. And one of his favorite quotes, as mentioned today, is inherently a political quote. He says, there is not... One square inch in the whole domain of of existence that Christ, the living Savior, does not cry mine. Mm-hmm. So this is this is this is Kuiper saying uh, this is his political idea. Why in the world would he run for public office after being a pastor? Yeah. And he said the reason was is because the lordship of Christ is over all things. Yeah. And yeah. so we as believers, our agenda now yeah. is to bring that kingdom. To reality, sure, yeah, and I and I, I, I can understand that. I, I guess what I, I guess my hard time with politics in the pulpit is, is making sure not only that that what we're what we're preaching and declaring is biblical, but also the people that we're setting up are biblical. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I think that you know we get behind candidates, and and <clears throat> I've done it. I mean, mm-hmm. I've gotten behind a candidate, and I've supported a candidate. I've put their 
bumper sticker, you know, mm-hmm. on my vehicle or whatever, and then all of a sudden you find out they're not who you thought they were, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I think the quote that you that you've given is great because it's authentic and from the heart from a man who is a politician. Yeah, I think some of us are kind of burned in that in that in that we don't want to place our trust in a frail man. Yeah, does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, I mean, obviously, Donald Trump is our president, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of, right? Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people, I, I think so. uh, a, a lot of I people checked. would, uh, they, they want to put a lot of value on the fact that we have a Republican, again, mm-hmm. president. Right. Uh, but how much of, how much of his character is more important than his political party mm-hmm. affiliation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where we get into some dangerous ground as pastors, mm-hmm. Uh, saying, hey, this is the man, yeah. this is the guy, yeah. and then start looking at maybe his life. Donald Trump is just one example of many. You mm-hmm. could use anybody. And people say, oh, is that is that the lifestyle that you as a mm-hmm. pastor support then? Right, yeah. Is that the kind of character that mm-hmm. you're endorsing? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I have a hesitancy mm-hmm. on uh, – I mean, though, I understand what he's saying. Hey, yeah, use the change the use the politics to change the kingdom, right? Yeah, and and you know make make people endorse the kingdom of God. But uh, but sometimes we use that as a platform, and it's not really who yeah. we are as people. So I think a helpful thing. I think there's two trenches here, right? There's the uh, there's the trench of uh, completely demonizing the opposite side, right? Uh, which I feel like we often do. So yeah, yeah. Uh, what we forget is that you and I have people in our family. Yeah. That belong to both parties, yeah, yeah, and that their affiliation is to both parties, yeah. Uh, and yet, at the same time, we see people that have that. Everybody has that. Everybody has somebody in your family that doesn't yeah. agree with you on politics, yeah, um, and somebody in the pulpit, and somebody. That I mean, and pul- somebody in the pew. In the my pew, bad. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we love those people, sure, and we can have good conversations with those people, yeah. Yet we're quick to jump on Facebook or Twitter and share a post that demonizes the other side. Yeah. And so that's one area. We can completely demonize the other side. If we don't like uh, the politics, if we don't like the party, then they are the Antichrist. And we often, I mean, heck, go back to uh, Obama's first election, and he was the Antichrist. Right. Um, Then the opposite side of it is they're the Messiah. Sure. And if you look at at both political parties in our day to day look at the last election and you saw the 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 message from the left was uh, Clinton is the only one who can save us mm-hmm. the message mm-hmm. from the right is Trump is mm-hmm. the only one who can mm-hmm. save us yeah. but yeah. the bottom line is that the church has been saved right and right. we don't need right. a a political figure to do that and so we yeah. need to be wise about venerating them, and we need to be wise about demonizing them. There's a middle ground there. Yeah, there is. And, you know, I, I think I was guilty um, in the last presidential election declaring things that I would never do. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and I think a lot of us, we, we made declarations of things that we would never do. And then when you're given the choice, and I know that, you know, I think Spurgeon has a quote about choosing between two evils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> his, his choice is to choose neither, mm-hmm. right? Isn't that That's the quote? Right, yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. And... uh and yet, as good citizenry, we feel like we need to choose between the the best of two evils. Mm-hmm, yeah. And um, anytime we make bold, uh, you know, de- declarations of what we're not going to do and who we're not going to support, we ended up sometimes having to eat crow on that. Kind yeah. Of thing. And so uh, we look at biblical examples of addressing uh, political ideas, and yeah. we see. Uh, 
you know, the, the most famous, I guess, political verse would be uh, Jesus and paying taxes. Sure. You know, should, yeah. should we pay taxes? And yeah. Jesus' great um, idea of render to Caesar what is Caesar's and render yeah. to God what is God's. Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like we, we some of us, uh, we're tempted to either emphasize the one or the other yeah. instead of understanding that Jesus <clears throat> is saying dual things here. Yeah. That and, we're both citizens of this country and yeah, citizens yeah, of yeah. heaven. And there's there's a dual responsibility there that we must yeah, and, sacrifice. And you know what? Jesus is telling us to render unto Caesar. We need to remember the culture in which Caesar ran mm-hmm. was very ungodly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, a, a, lot of, a lot of the things that our government participates in is ungodly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so was Caesar. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they, they were ungodly people. They mm-hmm. were not, it was not a house filled with Christians, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and so, and yet still Jesus is saying, you have an allegiance mm-hmm. to right. the government. Yeah. And uh, even though they're not filled with Christians, you have an allegiance to that government. You're a citizen of that government. Mm-hmm. And, and then we have also Paul, yeah. who uses his citizenry mm-hmm. as a a positive in his ministry. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. He takes advantage of saying, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. Mm-hmm. So he takes his, he takes his politics mm-hmm. and uses it to the advantage of the gospel, mm-hmm. which is... You know, kind of where I feel a duplicity of mind in yeah, this thing. It's, a, it's almost a a, a, a split uh, it, personality. Right? It is, yeah. Uh, and this is the whole uh, Augustine city of God thing. Yeah, of uh, we have to we have to balance these these two kingdoms that's that that we're living in. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- the problem when it comes to politics is we often sell our citizenship of heaven because of a political party. Yeah, and that's that's the difficulty of can we criticize rightly. Our government, yeah, can we do that? Uh, even even if it's a party that we would we would find a close affinity to, yeah. can we call evil evil, regardless of the color, or or are we just uh, going with any wind and wave? Yeah, and I think again, this goes back to what I said about biblical ethics. I think there comes a point for us as pastors and as Christians in general that our biblical ethics have to be more important than our party ethics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate part is is that pastors have not done a very good job declaring biblical ethics, mm. so yeah. we only know to align ourselves with party ethics. Right. I mean, you think about it. How, how many hours is the 65-year-old white male mm-hmm. spending on Fox News? Mm-hmm. Versus how many hours is a 65-year-old white male spending discerning biblical ethics mm-hmm. from the Word? That's it. You're exactly right. That biblical ethics, that biblical worldview, that's yeah, the idea, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Where are we getting our worldview? And I yeah. think, going back to the pastor's role in this, the pastor's first role in this must be to be uh, engaging his people to have a biblical worldview and yeah. not a Fox News or a CNN worldview. That's right. That's right. And, and and that comes from the pulpit, right? Teaching those biblical ethics, and that comes through discipleship of walking with somebody. It, it does. And, and I do. I, I'm gonna get back to this in the pulpit teaching ministry, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's we believe was instituted right. at the yeah. very beginning of the New Testament church. Hey, here is the means by here which is your wooden pulpit. <laughs> yeah, this is how you're going to teach the people the biblical ethic and and it's going to be too late Mm -hmm. to preach biblical Mm -hmm. ethics november of 2020 yeah Mm -hmm. that's part of the problem is that what we want to do is we want to we want to november of 2020 you know stand in the pulpit and declare why everybody's wrong and Mm -hmm. we're right yeah and the 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 teaching of the biblical ethic comes long before that and and it, it should be a systematic 
um, a systematic teaching that we're walking through to help people understand how to deal with these issues of of worldview or ethics, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and I think here's here's the problem. Ultimately, you have two types of Christians in America Mm -hmm. right now. Uh, you have Christians that are fed up with the established evangelical church yeah. because of their cozying up to Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, you just that—that's the bottom line. Yeah. And you have many that that feel uncomfortable in evangelical circles yeah. because of their party affiliation. Right, and, and we must confess that they have some reason to be concerned. Yeah. Um, the other side of it is uh, the the uh, the people that are looking at those same Christians. And saying you're against us, you're against mm-hmm. the Bible, you're mm-hmm. and and it, and it, and so it becomes that so politicized. And so, how yeah. do we fix that? I think how we fix that is having very good conversations one on one before the fires of the political season starts <laughs> yeah. in 2020, which they never seem to go out. They never days. seem to go out. Right? We're already talking about it. <laughs> yeah. we were, we've been talking about it since um, election night ended. Yeah, um, yeah. Back in 2016. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a it's a tricky situation. It is, and and I, th- I think first of all, we have to all get to the point where we can agree that if we disagree on politics, it does not mean that either one of us are demonized. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean you, you know the the Democratic Party that are Christians, and there is such a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. looks at Republican Christians and says, how can you not care for the alien? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How can you not yep. care for the freedom of choice? That's right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how can you not care for the underprivileged? Yeah. You know, they're looking at it from a more social perspective. That's right, that's right. And then on the other side, the, the Christian that is Republican is Which looking at Which there are some. The, yeah, yeah, is looking at the Christian that is Democrat and, and saying, how can you not believe in the protection of my rights? Yeah. You know I mean? The, yeah. So both of them, I would say, have small bits of validity in their argument mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but but instead of seeing that agreement they're constantly battling and belittling each other mm-hmm. and so we 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 can't find any common ground because we're always pointing our fingers mm-hmm. at each other yeah. so yeah. we've got to find a way to get we've got to find a way to let the bible and the biblical worldview and the biblical ethics that that for the christian let that be the foundation mm-hmm. yeah. and then build off of it rather than letting the democratic party or the Republican Party be the foundation and mm-hmm. try to figure out where the Bible fits in inside right. of the party right. politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I think that's the difference between eisegesis and exegesis. Yeah, right? sure. That's are we, right. Are we exegeting our our politics from the right. Bible, yeah. or are we inferring our politics on the Bible? Yeah, we we know we know what we're doing, right? Because we're having these conversations uh, about political issues. And we're we're using Bible verses as ammunition that are completely eisegesis. They're yeah. they're completely taken out of their context. And so, uh, anyway, I, I don't like talking about politics. Yeah, I know that, John. <laughs> and somebody's going to listen to this, and they're going to be mad. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Um, and I think we've done a good job, kind of staying in the middle and giving good uh, yeah, advice yeah, yeah. here. I would say the best advice that we can encourage our people as pastors is to. Remind them that their politics are too big, yeah. and their God is too small. Yeah, yeah and we've yeah. got to flip that. Yeah, you take take the political glasses off, mm-hmm. put the biblical glasses on, and then find your direction. You know what would be helpful what? for either side? <laughs> it would be helpful if you, whoever you're dealing with, because we're when you're listening to this, you may be mad, and that's fine. <laughs> uh, but you may be thinking of somebody you know that, yeah. that is struggling with this with this politics problem. They're yeah, either yeah, yeah. they're either super blue or super red. Right. It would be it would be just health healthy for all of us, regardless of our affinity, to 
say one bad thing about our favorite politician <laughs> to critique them and to yeah. honestly say this is an area where their life doesn't line up biblically yeah, and to yeah, honestly yeah, confess yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because for many of us, we can't do that. Yeah, I can't tell you um, – I, I can't tell you a man or a woman that is in the 2020 race uh, that I would vote for for deacon in my church. Oof. That's a uh, – Yeah. I mean, I mean, you you think about that. Mm-hmm. Is there a man? I know you know we got the whole woman deacon thing, but think think is beyond there, that is there analogy. Person, is there yeah. a person that you would say this is the guy, or, or this go beyond that mm-hmm. that you would you would call to be your pastor? Or you, you believe in their spirit so much yeah. that you think they're they're not only able to lead us politically, but they're able to lead mm-hmm. us spiritually. Right. And uh, maybe we're asking too much. Yeah, well, some people would say that. Exactly. We're not voting for a pastor. That's right. How often have we heard that? I know. But the problem is, is let's let's take a step back. Is there anybody that we would allow to be a a nursery worker, (laughs) a babysitter, (laughs) right? Right. Um, There's got to be some sort of common decency. And we ought to be able to critique that. And and the church ought to be able to stand up and say, listen, the state of our politics is garbage right now. And we demand more. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, you know, we, we have this, we have this system through which evaluating the lives of men mm-hmm. to determine whether or not they are they are right and good servants mm-hmm. for the yeah. church yet we kind of take that evaluation system out of the out of the equation when we start looking at politicians yeah. maybe we should uh, but but I don't want to yeah I want to be able to have as much confidence in the person that's leading our country that I could say yes that guy is spiritually mm-hmm. you know vibrant or right. whatever and uh, and I I've never been able to do that. Yeah. And I know some people would say George W. Bush, you know, was a great man of God, and and he he and others would say Jimmy Carter, and that's right, back, exactly, you know? exactly. So anyway, politics is one of those nasty things that uh, tends to divide people more than it unites them. Right. And the only way that politics divides us as believers is if politics is greater than the common unity that we have. As you said, the political party is bigger than the right. and God is smaller. So here's the question. <clears throat> Uh, we have uh, I love one of our mutual friends. Uh, it's a book that he's he he, he refers to often. And, I thought uh, you just say he's written. I was like, Ooh. yeah. No, we don't have any Francis written books. We're not that big. Um, but he mentions, and and he'll be able to he'll know who he's talking about, and he'll know the book and everything. I don't. But he mentions that this person talks about uh, the changing generations of our churches. Yeah. And he says that when pastors make political statements from the pulpit, they alienate half of their congregation. Yeah. Because yeah. whether or not the statement they say is blue or red, half their congregation is splitting, and it's usually on generational lines. Right. Yeah. And so uh, the question is, how do we encourage people, red, blue, young, old, that are that are discouraged and and have disenfranchised themselves from the church because of political issues? How do we encourage them? Well, you know, I mean, I, change churches. <laughs> I mean, are you saying like there's no, a... I mean, I mean, I'm talking about the church as a whole. I'm not talking about individual okay. churches. Yeah, I think if your individual church is the the First Baptist Republican Church of America, yeah, that's what you've I got a problem. You if you got, about. you know, but but um, as the church as a whole, I I don't know the answer to your question. Well, <laughs> you're supposed to. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I don't. I mean, I, I just think that. Uh, well, first of all, pastors have to do a better job. Mm-hmm. I mean, I honestly believe that. Mm-hmm. I think that we've got to stop using the pulpit to bash people, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. start teaching. Bib- I'll say it again: biblical ethics or biblical worldview. Yeah. You know, let that be the foundation of what we're teaching. 
And, uh, you know, I, I think that some people are looking for opportunities to be offended. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get offended at First Baptist Union, too, oh, if yeah. you come in looking for some reason to be offended. It's not going to take, me, find that anyway, it's not gonna yeah. take me long to offend you. Right. So, uh, But I would say— I'm already offended. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, you use the pulpit appropriately, and uh, and I think if we would begin to use the pulpit appropriately, then then people would be encouraged. Mm-hmm. You know, They would say, hey, I'm a, I'm a Christian— that happens to be a Democrat, yeah. or I'm a Christian that happens to be a Republican, right, right. And more so than hey, here here's the Republican training ground. Mm-hmm. It meets at eleven o'clock on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think our mindset has to change in how we how we teach and and prepare and how we preach yeah. the gospel. I don't yeah. know if that's what you were looking. Yeah, for, I would say my encouragement to those who who feel alienated from the church because of politics. Yeah, um, I would I would encourage you not to give up the blessings that the church offers. Sure. Um, we talk about the imperfect church, and politics is an area where the church is imperfect. Yeah. Just like many other areas. Yeah. But we know that the greater blessings of the everyday graces that God gives us, that mm-hmm. sustaining grace mm-hmm. of week in and week out on the Lord's day, yeah. that is worth going somewhere where you're going to find disagreements with yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, sure. that And that is worth the great issues yeah. uh, of the day. Um, well, if, if you're not disagreeing over politics, it's going to be something else. It's going to be something else. Yeah. That's right. But but the, the beauty of the church has to be greater than the trouble of the church. Yeah, and I, yeah. I tell you what, with the church, where else can we get together and talk about controversial issues? Yeah, yeah. And know that we yeah. can leave as brothers and sure. sisters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the church ought to be an area that we're able to talk about these things. Yeah, and we do it. We do it with theological issues. Yeah. I mean, we, mm-hmm. do, we, we disagree on things. We mm-hmm. disagree on those secondary and, and you know— Third level issues all the time, and and again, politics is not a primary issue. That's right. Mm-hmm. It, it is a second or third issue, mm-hmm. and so uh, we've got to understand it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the church ought to be countercultural in this yeah. area, right? Yeah. Um, so this is our pol- politics podcast. We kind of hit around, you know, <laughs> uh, but we we really set this podcast up to mention one important thing. Oh yeah, and that is. John Martin is running for president in 2020. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And as a writing candidate. He has it official it, That's but right. I think I'm going to be the vice president. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we do encourage you to, to yeah. write in yeah. Martin Reed for 2020. Yeah, that's right. That sounds good to me. Reed Martin, actually. I'd rather it be that way. I would not want to be the president. I want to be the Mike Pence just gets to sit back, go to the convention, and speak um, guy. Well, if that's the way, that's, that's the way you get to go to the convention and speak, that's then yeah, how I want to be the, the vice president. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's great. Well, yeah. uh, we do hope that you are flaming mad at us right now. We want you to send all your hate mail to iTunes. As long as you give yeah. us five stars, we're all right. That's right. I will say I, I picked up a little article. Uh, John MacArthur, um, who a lot of our listeners will know, is a guy that uh, that is a you know brilliant spokesman for evangelicals, I believe, in this day. And uh, he he gives us uh, the reasons why he is not politically involved. Now, right now we're talking about outside the pulpit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know he's not going to political rallies. He's not endorsing candidates, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. And he gives, I think, some really good reasons why that uh, that pastors should not involve themselves deeply into politics. Can I read yeah, these? Yeah, go ahead. John MacArthur, okay? Uh, first, I'm not going to read all of them, but first he says something that I think is really, really practical here. He says, political involvement requires time and energy from a pastor that should be spent on shepherding the flock of God. So give them your disagreement with that statement. Uh... Because you've already said it. Now, maybe you don't disagree, but some, I don't, some I, people. I think, I think part of shepherding the flock of God is helping them uh, 
swim through these political waters. So there you go, yeah. John MacArthur. <laughs> okay, he's gonna uh, call me. He listens. Yeah, to that's podcasts. right. He's gonna be so mad at me. At, here's <laughs> here's another issue. He says he says political changes at best are only superficial and temporary. The reforms are one generation of administration. Where he talks about how. The work that a pastor is called to is not temporary. It's an eternal work. That's right. And so, again, going back to that first idea, he feels like we're cheating Mm -hmm. our congregations by giving them temporary solutions when they have an eternal problem. Right. Can I give a rebuttal to that? Yeah, sure. I think that's that's, uh, pseudo-gnostic. Caring okay. only about the spirit, not the body. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm, I'm just like I'm liking being the uh, the guy that's giving. Okay, <laughs> Here, go ahead. Okay, this is next. fun. I'm enjoying it. John MacArthur says political involvement easily confuses the message of the church. I think that can be true. Ah, there you go. Yes, you and John agree. Okay, political engagement, and this is a good one. I think mm-hmm. political engagement often turns the church's mission field into the enemy. Yeah, I think that's true as well. Yeah, because we, now we're saying... I'm two for five with John. Something like that. Okay. I didn't give all five of them. Uh, but anyway, I think I think MacArthur gives some good points there. And one of the things that... I read an article also by Kevin DeYoung, and one of the things he said is, is, is that, you know, if you're on Twitter and Facebook talking about every nuance that's happening in the political world throughout the day, you're obviously not spending enough time preparing to teach the biblical worldview and biblical ethics to your people on Sunday, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, so his encouragement is to you know back off of that a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, and and do what we've been called to do, which is use the pulpit to teach biblical ethics or biblical worldview. Yeah, we have another friend. Uh, he's not going to listen to this podcast, but he often, <laughs> and I think this is wise. He often um, says the question is not whether something is right or wrong. Yeah. In other mm-hmm. words, is it right to talk about politics from the yeah. pulpit yeah. or is it wrong? That's not the question. Right, right. The question is, is it wise or unwise? Yeah, exactly. And that's where I think pastors and church members need to do a better job. Is yeah. this that I'm about to post, is this what I'm about to say, is it wise or is yeah. it unwise? Yeah. Should this be dealt with in another manner, mm-hmm. uh, in a personal mm-hmm. manner? Is it mm-hmm. wise to address this now? Is it unwise? That's the question we need to be asking. Yeah, and I think every time we stand in the pulpit, every time we we have a conversation in in our community, every time we post on Twitter or Facebook, that's the question we need to be asking. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's a wise word. That's a wise word <laughs> from from, yes. from a from a wise person. It is. It uh, is. And and then I took it from another person. Yeah, that's you right. Get, you see what I did there? I did. did All did, right. Did, yeah. Great. Well, we do appreciate you being here today as we talked about this fun and controversial issue. Uh, next week, we're going to come and we're going to talk about what's another controversial issue we've talked about. <laughs> uh, I don't uh, know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. Uh, so if you enjoy our podcast, like, rate, and review us on iTunes. And uh, if not, we'll see you next week. So keep loving your imperfect church. And remember, one day she will be perfected in glory.